Hi, this is Kat, Chief Marketing Officer of Vanzelian Associates. I'd like to welcome you to the Leadership Matters podcast. This podcast is different than your typical leadership podcast. We don't just discuss leadership principles, management practices, or limit ourselves to one format. We take you on a personal journey with leaders from all different walks of life. From the small business owner to the Fortune 100 CEO, we'll cover how their life experiences have shaped who they are today. No topic is off limits. We'll take a deep dive into what makes leaders tick, how they're wired, and what sets them apart from others. I'm excited to bring you along this journey. In this month's episode, I had the chance to speak with Dr. Muhammad Hassan, President and CEO of the Prince William Islamic Center. He is also a professor of engineering at George Mason University and has started several lucrative businesses in the construction industry. In our session, we discuss inspirations throughout his life, hardships and adversity, and the role of faith and spirituality in one's personal development. We'll start with my dad, you know, um, the most influential person in my entire life till now is my father. Uh, my father was an imam, you know, uh, it's like a minister. And he was a simple man and he introduced me to knowledge. So at four years old, I start reading. And by the time I enter elementary school at six years old, I can read the newspaper. I wow. had memorized five chapters of the Quran. It's long and the Quran is about 30 chapters. So about maybe a quarter of the Quran I already memorized. And it's not an easy, it's not easy to read, I imagine. Exactly. So, so, and my father's emphasis was always on knowledge. And he said to me something I'll never forget. And I always teach uh, my congregation about it. He said, you see, Kat, I can take your money away from you. I can take your clothes away from you. I can even take your life away from you. But the only thing that I cannot take from you is what you learn. Mm -hmm. So this really stayed with me is knowledge, knowledge. Now he had driven me to knowledge. Um, that's why I came to America because I wanted to come mm -hmm. and get a PhD and then go back in Egypt and start teaching stuff like that. But life changed. So other than your dad, you share a common role model, right? Who else did you look up to when you came to this country, you know, older, who had an, who did you look to as an inspiration? Well, you see also, um, th that was always in the background, you know, that just, he was always with me all the time. Uh, that was really the man I inspired to. My dad was very calm, was very quiet, very analytical, you know, and uh, he never get, I never heard my father get angry once mm -hmm. in my life with him. Um, he was, he would not like profanity or bad language or he was just really, really a role model for me. So I couldn't find anybody better. But later on, of course, when I, you know, probably around my 39, 40, um, that's when I saw uh, Tony Robbins. Mm -hmm. And how I saw Tony Robbins, it was just funny. I had a knee surgery mm -hmm. and uh, I was working as an engineer in a company and uh, you know, I was in a cast and you know, I have the ACL, so I have to be in a cast for like two, three months before I get recovered. So the company like laid me off, you know. So I'm sitting home and you know, my money's dwindling away <laughs> and I have nothing, you know, except my wife is working at the time. And, and um, so I was listening to the television and, and then Tony Robinson came in, the infomercial. And, and I said, 
what is this, you know? So I kept turning it off, mm -hmm. but, but I always watch television in the morning. So I turned again, I said, why didn't you listen to this guy? So I listened to him. So he said, it doesn't matter what your life look like. You have to make it this, 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 that, the other. And at the time I always work as an engineer in the company or a designer or something. And uh, he said, it doesn't matter where you are. You have to look forward. You have, so I started listen, really listening to him. And Tony, why I like Tony, because he emphasized something that my dad did, which mm. knowledge, that's the connection, knowledge, mm. knowledge, knowledge. And he told one of his stories that he was broke, fat, living in, a, in New York and, and, and uh, Los Angeles, I forgot. But uh, his friend gave him a book and he said, read this book. And it was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon mm. Hill, written in the 1930s. And he said, oh, I, I, read, I read this book before. I, I don't need, re need to read it again. And his friend said something to him. He said, how many times did you read it? Mm. And that's wake up something in me. And, and Tony said, once, why do I have to read it more than once? And he said, that's why you failed. You mm. have to read the book over and over and over and until it becomes a DNA in you. So I said, aha, it's true. Like if you are taking a subject, chemistry, math, and you read the book once, can you really pass the test? Right, you right, but you remember this. Yeah, you have to do, but you remember this specifically, huh? Like over, like that is like a very specific detailed memory. Yes, and so he, Tony read the book over and over and then he started changing his life. And, and so I, I bought the first book I read was Napoleon Hill. Think and grow rich. And uh, I think I also offered it to Adam to read. And I offered it to all my kids. My kids, when I was reading, they were making fun of me. You mm -hmm. know, oh, Daddy, what are you reading this uh, nonsense? And, and then while I was in the cast and reading this book, oh, I remember I had my wife came and she said, Oh, I ordered the tips that I gave Adam. Mm -hmm. It cost me like $600. Wow. And I put it on my credit card and I don't have a job. And I remember I had a fight with my wife, which she said, <laughs> You're not working, you're not making money. Why did you buy something like that? I said, Miriam, you can't put a uh, price on knowledge. She said, oh, you was your dreams, you know. Mm -hmm. And I decided, you know, Tony always tell you, um, set goals. And you want to start learning. <laughs> That's Adam in a nutshell. <laughs> set goals. You have to set goals. And people set goals, they think goals is like something, like if you're making 20,000, I said, my goal is to make $22,000. That's not a goal. A goal is you want to five times, six times, something really, really high, you know? Yeah, right. So I start learning and, and I said, so, but Tony called it a dream list. He said, a kid, when Christmas time comes, if you have a kid, when he said, oh, honey, what do you want Santa to bring you? And he doesn't say, oh, well, mommy is not making that much money, so I can't ask for right, a buck. Right. No, he, he just go, you know, he said, that's what you should do. And you sit down and write goals. Um, just write what you want. Just go wild. Think you are the richest man in the world. You dreamer. Just yeah, whatever, it. whatever your heart desires, yeah. right? Yeah. Write it down, and 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 I start. Well, but that I think for someone like you, like who, you know, you came to this country with like nothing, basically, Absolutely. right? And how did like that takes courage? That's like a leap of faith. How do you? What what prompted you to say, you know what, I'm moving from Egypt and I'm going to America? Um, this is. Uh, with the, the challenges and adversity in life. Um, I learned from my dad and from Tony as well. Um, you know, with every hardship, there is ease. There is a seed of good, if you can see it. 
So the first challenge for me when I came to America, I didn't speak English. Right. A teenager that finished high school and he wanted to, you know. So I used to sit in the subway in New York City going, going from Shea Stadium all the way to uh, City College in New York. And I, I hear people talking. And I said, why well, I'm so, I can't understand, why? You know, so I really focused on, I have to learn this language, I really do. And the funny thing I said, how kids learn languages by listening first. So believe it or not, I used to watch on Saturday and Sunday, Popeye the Sailor Man, <laughs> all the cartoons. He started and, eating a lot of spinach and everybody wondered why. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's how, so you really, and there's one of the books I read, which is, uh, uh, it's called uh, Self-Made in America mm. by uh, John McCormick. In the book, he met a guy who tried to come from America, to America from Africa and he saved all his money and he got on the boat and he ended up in South America because he didn't know how to speak English. Mm -hmm. So the guy told uh, McCormick, he said, uh, do you speak English? He said, of course, I'm an American. He said, that's an asset. There's a lot of people come to this country. They don't know how to speak English. Mm -hmm. I was one of them. So yeah. Yeah. How, do you, how do you take it? And then I remember one time I went to, to hear a, a, a prayer and all the prayers I heard before in Egypt was in Arabic. So I go to this mosque in Manhattan and this man speaks the whole thing in English. And I said, that's not a prayer. That's not gonna be a <laughs> And then years later, I'm doing the same thing. I'm giving the prayer. So it opened, you were able to have that like open mind at the time, right? Because that's what a lot of like adjustment requires. You have to be able to accept things and make them your own, or maybe even have the courage to change them or challenge them. You know, that's not for the me. I remember, I remember Adam's grandma, uh, uh, she used to make fun of me that I say the wrong words and the wrong things, you know? And I, I, I laugh and I said to her, um, one day I will speak better English than you but keep making fun of me because that teaches me. And I'll tell you something like I'm in school, oh my, the whole school laughed at me. I'm gonna say a word to you, give you an example. And um, you know, I read it that way. And the teacher and the class was just mm. laughing. So uh, it, I said, simulate noisily. Do you know what that means? Simultaneously? Exactly, you're <laughs> smart. A lot of people don't know what I just said, but, but you know, because I think because you're bilingual, you can figure yeah, it out. Yeah, right. But, I but just love words. Said it, people said, what? And my teacher said, Muhammad, simultaneously. I said, oh, that's, I never forget that word. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's learning, you know, you know? people point things out. And that's the one thing that resonates here. Like, you know, like when I was started working, I started working at a very young age and I worked at a hotel and someone said, I didn't realize I had to present myself a certain way because I was representing the brands. Right. So they said, you speak too low and you mumble. And I was embarrassed. Oh. I never forgot that, you know? So now every time I speak, I'm like, I make sure I'm clear. You know, I make sure I'm concise because I didn't have the same opportunities as some of my peers. Right. So I had to, sometimes it would be someone else telling me, you know? Sometimes it's shyness, you're shy. So that's why- Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it grew, it grew me out of my shell. You know, it took me out of my, like I pushed the boundaries, but like you, like we're kind of like 
the same skin color, you know, and um, growing up for me was challenging because I was, I didn't fit into a category that was, I wasn't white, it wasn't black. So people were kind of like, I grew up in a predominantly Irish, Scottish neighborhood. So people were always not confused, but like, didn't know how to approach me. Right. You know, so naturally they make fun of you. Right. And they see something they're not familiar with. Did you ever experience that? Did you, other than like in school, did you, how did you like overcome? All, all my life, you know, when we, we are all human beings, it doesn't matter what color you are, what language you speak, we're all the creation of God, we're all human beings. So we should treat each other with respect. Um, right. And a lot of time, and I tell you, you, you get it in a, in a, in a, in a, non-intelligent person, or you get it also from, I, I gave you an example. One time I was representing my company in front of a judge. We're trying to get a subdivision. And I, I got up and I said, okay, we have this subdivision with a 52 homes. And my name is Muhammad Hassan. He was like sitting in the zoning and the judge, the main guy was white, turned his chair and give me his back. When I, finish, oh, wow. when I finished my presentation, he turned around and said, denied. Wow. I was so upset that he did not even hear a word I said. Mm -hmm. And I was not applying for something that is, this is my right. It's a zoning right and everything. So I hired a white attorney and the guy came then, you know, like a couple of months later, in, introduced everything I did. You know the funny thing? Mm -hmm. He forgot his bag at home and he said, hey, my name is such and such and we have a subdivision approved. I said, wow, the guy comes with no, wow. no nothing, you get approved. So this is a common thing. And I think it comes from ignorance. And Absolutely. it doesn't bother me anymore. You know, it just- No, yeah, no, it doesn't bother me. But at the same time, like everything that's going on in this country, do you think we're changing? Do you think we're evolving? This is like the time where we're pivoting? I think it will. I think it yeah. will change, but it needs people to to teach others that, that people are different and- mm -hmm. um, come from different walks of life from poor from rich from white from black yeah. from hispanic you know we have to be we have to tolerate one another tolerance and, is a big thing yeah or being open-minded i think that um you know sometimes even being a woman for me like i'll i feel like i have to lower my voice a little bit to be heard because otherwise it's you know people look at women differently. So not only being a minority, but being a minority woman, it's challenging in this country because it's, it's almost like you don't have a voice because it's, or you have to change your dynamic, your approach. Right. You know, you have to make someone else seem a little bit more powerful in order just to get heard, you know? And I feel like the country's shifting in a good way, you know, and just tolerance, I think is a big tolerance. We have to tolerate, you know, um, and we have to educate, you know, it's a, uh, education, communications, and tolerance. You know? And you're big on learning. You're big on education. You're a professor. Yes. Right? Yeah. And you've, everything you did, you did like, you know, because you wanted to learn more and you wanted to grow and you, you know, and you and know, you this sat is, down to your children. And I'm not sure if you even realize the influence that you had on them. Actually, the, the, the adversity Take it to your advantage. So I give you a couple of examples of adversity. The first adversity, when I first got divorced, um, you know, I am 27, 28. I have two kids and I'm happy with them. And my wife go file for a divorce. I didn't even know about it until I got the letter. And I'm just like, what? So here's the challenge. 
my English at the time was okay, but mm -hmm. not fluent, you know. And I went to the court. The court is very scary place. Mm -hmm. And and half the time I didn't know what the judge was saying. They speak in the law. Right, and, right. You know, so so you're really scared. This and that. And I have an attorney with me, and 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 it just was a hard experience. I look around to my friends. Can somebody help me? It's like you're drowning. Can somebody help me, please? And nobody helped. But anyway, it passed, and uh, I promised myself that I will help anybody that is going through the same thing I went through for free. And later on, when I you know became an imam. Uh, I went to, I took the, uh, 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 you know, uh, Supreme Court of Virginia, I, I became a licensed mediator, and I helped hundreds and hundreds mm -hmm. who get in divorce. I'll sit with them. I said, okay, when you get married, you love to one another. When you get divorced, don't be ugly. Just sit yeah. with a human being and do this and do that. And so this one adversity, I changed it, and I, I loved it, you know. Um, Another Let one. me ask you just a question, just to stick on that subject. You had to ask for your help. That's humbling because especially for a man or a woman to be in a position where they're the minority and to ask for help. And then, you know, it takes a lot to ask. It takes a lot for me like to ask. And then for you to say, my biggest fear is someone saying no. So when you got rejected, like what made you continue? Uh, the, the thing is, you know, I mean, you read all the books of my father. No doesn't mean always no. Yes, a person can tell you no, but if you don't ask, you're not going to get anything, mm -hmm. right? So if I ask you, hey, Kat, can you give me a hundred bucks? What is the worst thing you're going to say? No. Yeah. So did I lose anything? So I started where I am now. But if you give me 10 bucks, I get something. So, right. so, so it didn't bother me. I kept asking and asking and I find people, whatever reason they told you no, I don't have time. I don't want to get involved, this, mm. that. It just, you know, it, if you're driven, you know, you you have, and I, I find, I mean, I can tell you stories and stories and stories of people who are getting rid of each other's throat, they want to put each other in jail. And I say, you were husband and wife before you have kids. And I calmed them down and, you know, that's mediation and you just sit down. And I remember one time I made a man and his wife and they have their kids got divorced in McDonald's. I wrote all the paper in McDonald's and she said, I cannot believe I'm getting divorced in McDonald's. <laughs> I said, well, your kids are having fun. We are <laughs> yeah, fun. right, Aww. And the eating, happy meal. And, and why shouldn't we make it happy? Yeah. And another time I was, you know, in the mosque and, and, and husband and wife, they're fighting, been 20 years married, four kids and, and they're fighting. And I said, so I'm smiling. And the lady said, this is a sad thing. Why are you smiling? I said, because I see it every day. And second, you can make it unsad, you can make it happy by going back to your husband, but you choose to leave him. So what do you want me to do? And, and life is about that, it's about marriage and about divorce, about death. And the, so they all come from God. So I laugh, I smile. You know? Do you think that like now, just because you said that, um, you, you're saying that she made a choice to, but what if like she wasn't happy with her husband or the circumstances were, you know, do you right, right. this issue is not happy? He's abusing her, and, and I, I can't understand that. Okay, well, isn't she doing something nice about it now? If you are unhappy or, or being abused or beaten or something like that, I'm giving you a chance to get out of this unhappiness. 
Right. Are you creating an opportunity for her? Two different houses, they're both happy. Rather than mommy and daddy always fight. I remember there was uh, two kids and and I was teaching them in, in the weekend school. Two girls, one was like six, one was five. And they both come to me and said, I wish I can have a television in my room. I said, why, honey? She said, because when mommy and daddy fight, mm-hmm. I want to make it loud so I don't hear them. Isn't that sad? Yeah, yeah, it's funny how kids like... They, they're very pure. They tell you oh, that. absolutely, yeah. So you listen to that and you tell the parents, hey, like, do you, are you aware that... Fight. Close the door. Don't let the kids witness that. But, but people are people. Yeah. yeah. Now, I want to talk about a little bit about your faith you know, your faith and your beliefs, because I am so, okay, my experience with when my son was little, we needed to find a caretaker because my ex-husband and I were working and um, we came across this family, this wonderful family, and they were Muslim. And I was always so concerned about offending them because I'm not familiar with the culture. So like, I'm like, do I I'm like, do I take my shoes off when I walk into their house? Do I, um, is there something I'm not supposed to say? Or can I do certain things? Because I don't know the culture, you know? So I never want to offend anyone. So, you know, when it, before this phone call, I'm like, I asked Adam, I was like, is there anything that I could, like shouldn't say or do or call? I'm like, what if I make a mistake? What if I use a word wrong? And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, I don't never want to come across as rude or disrespectful because of ignorance, you know, because I lack that, just basic knowledge you know and it's because I'm not exposed to it I don't know so for me like faith has played such a big role in my life you know just values and the way I live and the way that I treat people and um would you say faith is like the number one in your Uh, life he's he's one thing I learned again my dad taught me that that um if you if you don't know God you're lost Hmm. And later on, 40 years later, Tony Robbins, they say the same thing. And he say, if you remember, if you read his books, he said a human being consists of five dimensions. Number one, spiritual. Number two, mental. Number three, physical. Number four, financial. And number five, social. So three of them belongs to you. Top of them is spiritual. Here's what faith is about. It doesn't really matter what faith are you are in. You are a Muslim, Christian, Jewish, Buddha. As long as you believe there is a supreme power, the creator, we didn't make ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're here, and we are here for a short journey. It doesn't matter, you know, if you live 90 or 100 years. It's a very, very short journey in comparison to 14 billion years of the universe. Mm-hmm. So the creator created you Mm -hmm. so you have to ask yourself why why am I here what is my job what is my purpose in life and sooner or later I'm going to pass I'm going to leave I'm going to depart yeah am I going to be asked and questioned about that beautiful life I've been giving what did I do with it you know so faith teaches you that uh, teach you God, teach you to be in contact with God. And then if you have a scripture, the Bible, the Quran, the Torah, you know, when you buy a new car, you have in the glove compartment a book mm-hmm. and we call it the maintenance book. That maintenance book 
tell you when to change the oil, when to change the tire, when to, you know. So you cannot buy a Toyota and get for the book to maintain it. Right. It did not work. So who made us? Who created us? It is God. And he gave us a maintenance book. Mine is the Quran. And Allah in the Quran said, you know, that we, anything that makes you happy in this life, we'll put it there for you. So the Quran has anything you can imagine. It's about life. It's about what you should, what, what you should do, right? And what you should not do, it's wrong. And in Islam, we call it lawful and forbidden. You know, so what's lawful? Do it. What's forbidden? Even in marriage, how to choose a wife, how to choose a husband, how to live as a family, in finance, the balance of how. So it talks about everything. So you apply that to every aspect of your life? There's like your nothing. Spirituality, through your faith? Kat, there's nothing in life. I don't find a verse in the Quran that bring it and say, here is the verse. You know, one time I, I said, Quran doesn't have politics. It doesn't, you know. I read the Quran many times, doesn't have politics. And somebody said, well, Muhammad, you said everything in the Quran. Where's politics? And Quran is like a puzzle that needs wisdom, need to search. It's like making a research. And I said, well, you know, this time I'm going to read the Quran looking for, uh, uh, you know, election and things like that. Here it is. Story, yeah. of, story of Joseph. Joseph was a slave in Egypt. Yeah. And he became the king of Egypt. How did he do that? <laughs> we were just talking about that the other day. That's funny. Through God, through God, through his strength in God. And then God made from a slave, from a woman who tried to seduce him, from a woman who threw him in jail to come out and become the king of Egypt and you know, rule Egypt for a few years in peace and, 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 and justice. So, so I said, Here, here's the story. You know, that's politics. And there is a very explicit verse in the Quran. He said, and some of the people, see, that's the verse say that. Some of the people, mm -hmm. they promise they are good. And they give you wars and things like that. And then when they get elected or get in charge, they spirit corruption. So be aware of them. I said, oh my God, it's right there. How many politicians do that? They promise I'll be the good governor, good this, good that. And then they become corrupt. So. Quran talks about everything. Yeah, I'm and curious. I've always wanted to read it. I think one day that's on my, um, you know, with English, obviously, because I cannot. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I said, take one with you. Annie. But and just out of like curiosity, just because of my curiosity. Now you're so, are, so you're accepting of other faiths and religions. Like you're not like, this is how it should be done. Everyone should live their life this way. Like that's not. No, you see, that's what the people misunderstand, misunderstand the concept of Islam. Uh, we, we have a verse in, in, in Islam that said that you have a choice. You, you know, if you choose your education and I'm your father, do I have to force you to take accounting or take this? No, it's this, the thing you, you like, the thing that would work with you. So if you choose a faith that works with you, I'm with you, you know? Yeah. See, I'd rather deal with somebody who has faith and knows God than someone who's atheist or non-believer yeah it scares me but the the one who knows god at least he tried to be just at least try to be kind yeah you know so it doesn't matter to me what faith you choose now if you go into the discussion of the faith we can take picks you know and say okay what's your faith if, if we're trying to communicate and understand what's mm -hmm. your faith say about that okay it says one two three what's my faith say about it and then 
God, you see, remember we said we consist of three. One is spiritual. The second one is mental. So that's where the discussion comes, the intelligence. Mm -hmm. right. We're the only creation on faith of the earth that have intelligence. We have a choice. You know, animals doesn't have choice, but we do. Yeah. We, we reason and find which way is better, which way is right, which way is wrong, you know. So if you come to a specific subject and you say, well, I'm a Christian, but Bible say this and this and that. I said, great, that's your opinion. And then let me see what the Quran say about it. And then we have a discussion. We have a you discussion. Say, and I'm sure those, there's common ground and similarity, similarities. Like, for example, like with Joseph, we totally found, um, you know, but you have um, an interesting family. You know, you have some of your children followed you and practice your religion. And then some did not. Is that okay with you? Yeah, I love yeah. all. I love all. Because it's so close to home. You know, it's easy to be a friend to somebody that you just kind of like close the door and you don't see them, but it's in your own family. No, no, it's 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 your family. And Prophet Muhammad and his family, his uncle was an atheist, mm -hmm. an unbeliever, and he fought him and he and he always made prayer for him. You know, um uh, I'm happy when my 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 son or my daughter is religious. And then, you know, by open discussion, you can see things your way or my way. But ultimately, everyone would be responsible for his own self. I am not responsible for Adam or Ahmed or Nora or Joseph. Uh, they are responsible for themselves. They're adults. Once you reach, when they're babies, I'm teaching them. Like you have an eight years old, it is your responsibility now to understand him right or wrong and this and that. His father would do the same thing. But when he grew up, then he's going to do his own choice. So yeah. you love him unconditionally because he's just- Oh yeah, of course, of course. And um, so now, if you had to describe you just in his entirety in one word or a complete full sentence, how would you describe yourself? Uh, you know, I ask myself that question a lot. I said, I, I say it this way. If everybody in the whole world is Muhammad Hassan, how would I see people? One word he said, justice. Mm. That's the one word I love, justice. Because what we see, all the problems in this world, in a, in a, in a family, in a community, in a country, globally come from injustice. So when someone's doing the wrong thing, like in your face, does that bother you? I talk about, see, Islam teach me, if you see something wrong, it doesn't matter where it is. See something wrong. Try to change it by hand without causing harm. Mm -hmm. And if you can't, try to change it by mouse, word, or writing without harming anybody. If you can't, deny it in your heart. But when you deny it in your heart and you do nothing about it, that's the weakest of faith. So I'll give you an example. One time I was in Disney World. Mm -hmm. I had my wife, I have Ahmed and Nora with me and uh, they were little, maybe eight, seven. So we walk in on the rides and things like that. So I find there was a big aluminum column and a guy pinning a girl and making out with her. This is in, in, a, in, a, in a, a children park and you know, 
So I went, to, my wife said, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, she knew what I'm gonna do. So I went on the other side of the column and I put my hand and I stopped tapping the, 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 the column really hard. So the guy of course got interrupted and he stopped. He said, anything wrong? I said, no, you're free to do what you want and I'm free to bang my hand the way I want. <laughs> that distracted him and he walked away. Walk away. So, so, personally, like personally, like your feelings, like faith aside, like you see something wrong, you're like, are you like, does it, do you take it personal? No, I take it that I was commanded by God to try to change it. So you find the best approach to change what's wrong, you know? Um, so I take different approaches, you know, like Muslims, when you do a lot of, like I, I give an example, a common thing, in, in Muslims and non-Muslims, when a man divorces his wife, she have kids and this and that, and she was a, a housewife or making little money and he's the breadwinner. Most men don't want to pay a dime to his children or to anybody else. And that offends me a lot. And I talk about it a lot. And I say, this is your responsibility. It doesn't matter what the woman is. You know, I find women who are living in a nice, nice house, single family home, and then they get divorced and now they're living in a shelter or in a basement with the children and the guys living in the house happy about it. I said, what are you happy about? You know, your children are your children. You're supposed to live in the same level as you are, you know, so, but. How about when, um, like, if you make a mistake, how do you approach that? Because we're not perfect, obviously. So like, you know, like if you do something, that you're not proud of or something by mistake, but it causes harm or whatever the case is, how do you like forgive yourself or accept it or, or make it better or? Uh, you know, this is a, a verse in, in uh, Hadith by Prophet Muhammad. He said, every human being is a sinner. Every mm -hmm. human being, we all make mistakes. Don't, don't, there's no exception. We all make mistakes. But you say, best of sinners, is the one who repent. Mm. So if I said something nasty to you, mm -hmm. right? And and realize after a week, a month that, that that was wrong, apologize. Call the person. He might not accept your apology, but you do your part. Apologize, right? I no agree. So so as long as you again, that comes to what you ask me, summarize. What is justice? If I flip the picture, would I accept that? If I don't accept it, then I have to do something about it. What if you, let's say, like right now, let's say you said something, I don't know, I'm offended by your yellow shirt, but you don't know that, right? right. Like I'm offended. And then you don't believe that you did anything offensive, but I'm offended. Right. And I tell you, and you don't agree with me. That, then we'll have a conversation. Okay. You know, and, and we'll have a conversation. Okay, you don't like my yellow shirt. Why do you like my yellow shirt? Is that something in the past you didn't like the color yellow? And then I, mean, I apologize and I said, okay, next time. Oh, so you still apologize, you still. Yeah, yeah. Come on your show, I said, I would not wear a yellow shirt, I wear a white one. What, what color do you like? And then you said, oh, green. <laughs> I like, I like yellow, blue. I like yellow. <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying, I, I, you know, I have to, it doesn't hurt to please others. Mm. As long as it doesn't hurt you. I mean, right. it is a shirt. So, you know, I just want to look presentable and, and nice. Uh, but if I wear the wrong clothes in a community that I don't know, this is offend them, right. then I would not do it. You know, like I know right. like the Asian, they don't like the color red because it reminds them like deficit. So mm -hmm. don't wear color red with them. 
Yeah. Simple, simple things. So like that, you know, just have being considerate of others. And I think being, you know, being open, like, oh, just because I don't think this way doesn't mean that this person thinks this way or has these beliefs. So just having consideration for one another. It's not my way or the highway. No, no. No. We we live with one another. We have to tolerate one another. We have to be kind to one another. I want to extend a big thank you to Dr. Hassan for joining us on today's podcast. I was able to learn how one can turn adversity into accomplishment and do great things. We spoke about role models, whether it's someone like our dad or a larger-than-life personality like Tony Robbins. Each can inspire and play a role in our journey. No dream is too big or unattainable as long as you have vision. Until next time, our friends. Remember, leadership matters. Without it, people fail.